The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink Direct civil disobedience has been the way of many courageous men and women for centuries. They have suffered much. They've been in prison, they've been beaten, or both, and they have been executed. It takes a great deal of courage to face the onslaught of bitter, angry, tyrannical governments. And yet men and women of faith have done this for years. Let me give you a few examples. A Chinese court last year sentenced a woman pastor to eight years in prison for preaching the gospel. A street preacher was threatened with jail time after citing Bible verses. A former Canadian pastor has been sentenced. A pastor sentenced to two years in prison for preaching in Nepal. One man's prison sentence 
turned him to a life of preaching after he was persecuted. Police arrest an elderly preacher, 71 years old, in the street for quoting scripture. A Chinese pastor sentenced to nine years in prison. I could read it on and on. A pastor on house arrest faces a new trial for sharing his faith. Americans are also now beginning to be put in prison for street preaching. Michael, I want to call out this brave man and and his wife. He has not been imprisoned, but he is he is preaching and sharing and becoming an incredible street preacher in southern Florida, the hotbed of every sin and wickedness. A Ukrainian woman is put in prison for sharing her testimony and exiled to Siberia. And you know, one of my favorite, all-time favorites is John Bunyan, who many years ago was put in jail for preaching without a license. He said, I don't need a license. I preach because Jesus sent me spent 12 ugly years in prison in a freezing cold prison cell in the winter and a a hot cell in the summer. This is a very honored thing for Jesus. Men and women who are unafraid of persecution because They serve Jesus Christ. There's a passage over here in Jeremiah that I want to share with you. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands, He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted or transplanted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17. There is a man today in prison, harsh conditions in Iran. And in that place, he will not shut up. He will proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, sharing the glorious love of Jesus, for which he is beaten, put in solitary. Life is not easy for him. But who said life is supposed to be easy before we reach the heavenly city? I have a story today of intense persecution. It took place many, many years ago. A man we know well. His name was Daniel. There was a change of government. The Medes and the Persians took over the Babylonian government. And Darius, or Darius, comes as king. 
He's 62 years old. A rabid playboy. He loves the entertainment. He loves the dancing nude women. He loves their music. He's not a godly man in any manner. But he is very astute in governmental matters. So he appoints 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, and it reached the furthest edges of civilization. And he placed three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. Now the satraps were made accountable to these three administrators so that the king would not suffer any financial loss in the transition of the kingdoms. Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom as the top administrator. Wherever Daniel went, whatever king he served, whether it was Nebuchadnezzar or Belshazzar, whatever the kingdom was, he quickly rose to the top by his integrity, by his knowledge and wisdom. The administrators and the satraps did not like Daniel because he would not allow any corruption in the government. Daniel hated corruption. I wish we could have Daniel as the president of the United States of America. A lot of heads would roll. He would be emptying out all branches of service under his administration. In fact, he'd probably be closing them. There's so many so that they could hide their corruption, feather their nest. Americans are so tired of this. We're tired of the corruption in government. Well, the administrators, the two, met with the local satraps, and they began to strategize how they could get Daniel kicked out of office. Sound familiar? Well, they searched through the books, they did the audits, they did everything they needed to do, and all they could find was honesty. There was no corruption in Daniel. Daniel's eyes were not on the money or the king. They were on the God of heaven. And he was responsible before the God of heaven. Now he was so filled with integrity that they finally said, look, the only way we're going to find any way to get rid of this Daniel is to find a problem with the way he serves his God and the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps, after finding what they thought would be a wonderful way to exit Daniel, they went as a group to the king. Now remember I said at the beginning that Darius was a a free flowing guy. He was a playboy. And they came with a proposal that they thought he would like. They all came and they said, look, O king, you should issue a decree or an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, should be thrown into the lion's den. Well, he didn't see anything wrong with that. He was the king, and he should be honored as the God. Now, the problem is, they had an accountability structure in place even for the king. And that was that if the king makes an edict, if he signs it into law, 
once signed, it cannot be reversed. So, King, be careful what you do because you may not like the result. You better think through very carefully all the ramifications of what you decide. Whose favor is this in? Is it really in favor of you or is it in favor of somebody with a side hustle? Well, the king got the written edict that they want, wanted signed, and, and I'm sure he was smiling as he signed it. Hey, this is great. I'm the great Darius. So, in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be re- repeated, repealed. So, King Darius put the decree in writing. He signed it. And then Daniel heard about it. They knew that Daniel went to his upstairs apartment and he opened the windows toward Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day. Now, he didn't go there and mutter his prayer. He got down on his knees and he prayed serious prayers. He gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. He asked the Lord for help, for direction in governmental issues and riddles. And God answered him and told him what to do. This is what he had always done. Now he's faced with direct civil disobedience. What should he do? Should he risk his life for this foolishness? Or should he continue his relationship with his mighty God of heaven, who had so protected him so many times? What should he do? Well, every day, Three times a day, morning, noon, and night, he opened the windows, got down on his knees, and cried out to the God of heaven. There was no change in his behavior. Now, he knew that this behavior would open him up for charges, And he knew that the penalty, if found guilty, would be to be tossed into the lion's den where he would be devoured. These men all got together, and they went as a group, and they found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king, and they spoke to him about his royal decree. And suddenly that royal decree came back to bite him. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The decree stands, the king said in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He determined to... Rescue Daniel to make every effort until sundown to save him. Now I think about what's going on here. There's a rich history in both the Babylonian government and in the Medes and the Persians of witchcraft. This is not simply animosity toward a man. This is animosity being directed by demons, by the demonic. They finally want to get Daniel out 
of government retire. I mean, he's already at least 70 years old. It's time to retire. You have a luxurious life. You have an apartment. You have food. You have everything you could desire. You've had a very wonderful career. Now get out of government. We want to run it. So the king is very upset because he knows that corruption will run rampant in his government if Daniel leaves the court. And he does not want to lose all of that revenue. So he can't find a way to get around it. He can't break the law of them of the Medes and the Persians. He's in trouble. Now, I do have a question for you, and you knew at some point I'd stop and ask you that question. Whose law are you obeying? Do you have a lion's den that you're afraid of? The lion's den could be your wife or your husband. One man wanted to come to the National Prayer Chapel. He was under deep conviction. But his wife said, no way, honey. We're not going to listen to that man preach. We're not going to subject our children to that man's preaching. And so he rolled over. That was his lion's den, and he escaped it very easily. He didn't violate the law of his wife. It could have been the husband. What what lion's den are you dodging? What act of civil disobedience Are you dodging? Do you do everything you're told? And you know, if they come with these closed downs, is that a lion's den for you? Or mask, is that a lion's den for you? What decisions are you going to make about the kingdom of Jesus Christ versus the kingdom of man. Are you going to obey the kingdom of man? Are you going to obey the kingdom of God? What are you going to do? Daniel knew very well what he was going to do. He was going to do the same thing he'd been doing all of his life. He was going to pray. He was going to get down on his knees, face the firing squad, and pray. Because for him... Prayer was the way he communicated with his God. And he wasn't going to cut off his relationship with the Lord God of heaven. Why should he? God had been so faithful to Daniel year after year after year. Is he now going to turn against the God of heaven? I again got a very disturbing message on my cell phone this morning. I did not respond, and I will not respond. But it was a man who's asked me to pray that he would have a wife. And so he asked me, will you pray for me? that I would have a wife. 
would you pray for my health and would you pray for my job? It's really slow this week. I'm not doing well. No, I won't pray. If I did pray, you would not like my prayer. Because he said to the Lord God of heaven, this is the second time. If you don't give me a wife, I'm going to go back to the nightclubs to find my own wife. I'm going to go to the strip clubs. I'm going to go do whatever I have to do to find the wife that I'll be pleased with. He's threatening God. How do you think God will respond? It won't be pretty. It makes me tremble. How do you dare threaten God, the God of heaven and earth? How do you dare threaten him with sin when he's blessed you in so many wonderful ways, provided for you a job that you like, given you great success in that job? God has blessed this man in so many ways, and he acknowledges that. Now, God, if you don't do what I want you to do, then I'm going to turn away from you, and I'm going to just become a normal American again. And I'm going to go get my wife where I know there are women who would be happy to have me. I was astonished. Such arrogant, blatant, spitting in God's face. How do you spit in God's face and expect to get away with it? You don't. Now, a man who writes a, a snide note to me on the, on the webpage, obviously a total pagan, and he says some nasty things about God. Well, God's going to treat him differently. Oh, the judgment will come, and he will have to deal with what he's done. We hope he deals with it by repenting. If he doesn't, he will face the judgment of God at the great white throne judgment, and he will go to hell. I don't want that to happen, so I pray for him. On the other hand, this man who is a Christian, so-called, and has spit in God's face, do you think I'm going to pray for him? No. Go your way. Face the consequence of spitting in God's face. Who do you think you are? It terrifies me. the pride and the arrogance. Well, Darius gives the order. He's been through all the attorneys. He's tried to find a way to save him, and he can't. So, Daniel is brought to the lion's den. The stone is removed. Now, I don't know how they put this old man in that lion's den. I'm sure they didn't just throw him in. He would have broken bones. They may have lowered a rope. But then this king says this. Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. Stone is brought back and it's placed over the mouth of the roaring lions. And the king seals it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles, so that everybody knows Daniel is in the lion's den. Oh, that word spread through the kingdom. Then the king returned to his palace. 
But now this interesting note. He spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. I love the way the Holy Spirit can disturb a man's conscience. The way the Holy Spirit can come and absolutely disturb your rest. This king was very upset because he had great confidence in the integrity and ability of this administrator. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. That is, he ran. Can you imagine seeing a king with his robes flapping about him as he runs from the palace on his way to the lion's den to see if his administrator was eaten by the lion's? I would have laughed if I had seen it had it not been so serious. This wild party man running. When he came near the den, he shouted to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? In other words, how strong is your God? Could he even be stronger than the lions? Daniel shouts back, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They've not hurt me because I was found innocent in your sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. So again, what is your lion's den? Is it a repentance that you need to make and restitution and you're afraid to do it? I know people who owe thousands of dollars of restitution. And frankly, it's not easy to pay out thousands of dollars. It's easier to just to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't understand. I'm innocent. No. Real repentance says, I was guilty. I was responsible. I did that to you. And I repent of what I had done to harm you and your family. And here is the money for restitution. And the money for restitution needs to be, to the best of your ability, what you owed, what you took. man loaned me a large sum of money quite a few years ago. And it was shocking to me when the Lord spoke to me and said, pay him back. Lord, how, 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 how do I pay him back? I don't have the money. I'll give you the money you then send it to him and tell him you're sorry. I had to do that. I've had to pay a number of restitutions because I used poor judgment. Now, have people taken large sums of money from me and never paid it back? Of course. But that's not my concern. That's in God's concern. I need to stay in my lane with God. I don't go and claim restitution from people. I've loaned large sums of money. They were large sums for me at that time. 
They never paid me back. $500. Oh, I'll pay you back by the end of the week, Pastor. No, they didn't. And in fact, the Lord said, I want you to go see that person. And in my in my heart, I dropped. I said, I don't want to go confront that man with his lying to me. The Lord said, oh, no. Take another $500 and give it to him and tell him he doesn't owe you anything. The man stood and wept. It was a kindness that God did that was beyond his understanding, and frankly, it humbled my heart. Instead of claiming what was mine, give him more. (laughs) It brought such joy to my heart. After I thought about it, I said, wow, that's God. So now I was... I was into this man for $1,000. Was that okay? Yes. Called restitution. For attitude toward God. For being selfish. You understand, money is not what it's about. Money is just paper. Now, Daniel has been at the lion's den. And he will not demand any restitution from those who lied about him, who put him in a very tough place in opposition to the king. He's not going to demand anything. He's going to leave that in the king's hand, and whatever the king decides, that's fair. That's how it is with the Lord, too. You leave it in the Lord's hands. You forgive. You don't make demands. You don't make demands of any man. Now, if someone asks me for money, if they ask to borrow money, I say, no, I can't loan you money, but I can give you this. And you don't owe it back. It leaves a very different taste in my mouth. And, may I say, in God's mouth. Because it says, you're not being a cruel taskmaster. Remember the parable that Jesus taught? Where the king called in his accounts, and this man owed millions. And he was going to be thrown into jail, and he was going to be tortured until he could reach his friends and get everybody to raise the money and get him out. He begged the king, And so the king released him and forgave him. Forgave him the entire indebtedness. So as he's leaving the the palace, he meets a man. He's loaded this man one day's wages or some small amount. He grabs him by the throat and he says, pay me back what you owe me. man says he can't. 
He doesn't have it, but he will if he if he's patient with him. And he's thrown in jail for that very small amount, one day's wage. The poor man has friends who go to the king and tell the king what has happened. And the king is very angry. And he has the rich man, because he has the king's money, thrown in jail. And the king says, should you not have forgiven the small amount you were owed after you were forgiven such a large amount? You see, forgiveness is a real big deal with God. Not walking in bitterness and anger is a real big deal with God. Well, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Look, I have a a perfect record as a civil servant. I'm not corrupt. The king is overjoyed. He gives orders to lift Daniel out of that den. And when Daniel was lifted from that den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Now, I agree with that. But I do want to say to you, you may have wounds after civil disobedience. You may be beaten. You may be imprisoned. You may be killed. But we serve the God of heaven. And you need to prepare your heart now for the time of persecution that is coming from the government in America. It's very clear in the opening of the seals the horse, the apocalyptic horses, that great persecution is going to come upon all people on the earth. And you may be wounded in that. You may be killed in that. But one thing is sure. You are called by the Lord God Almighty to trust in Jesus No matter what they do to you, you trust in Jesus. You don't pull back. You push forward in the name of Jesus. Now at the the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and they were thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. And King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders. He, in the heavens and on the earth, has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? God loves you. God loves you. But he expects that you will honor that you will that you will honor him 
that you will not spit in his face, that you will not be wise in your own understanding, that you will not do or say anything that would harm his kingdom, but in fact you would do all in your power to be an able administrator of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He expects that. And when you do things or say things, it causes his kingdom to be shamed. He is not pleased with you. And there will be a price to be paid. The Lord is looking for serious men and women who will lay down their lives in civil disobedience, if necessary, for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. When you're told by the government, you will do this and this and this, you will close your church. I was so proud of Pastor MacArthur who said, no, we will not close our church. Large stores are open. If you can give permission to Costco to remain open, then surely the church of the living God of heaven should be able to remain open. We don't shut down for the government. We don't shut down for anybody. We lift up the name of Jesus. We don't turn aside to foolishness. Now it looks like we could go back into a time of shutdown. Not with wisdom, but with an attempt to harm businesses and with the intent to harm churches. No, I don't know that that's going to happen. But I am telling you that those people who said to me, Pastor, you have to shut down your church because we have to honor the civil authorities. I said to them, you're wrong, and I won't do it. We serve the living God of heaven. Our God is not government. Our God is Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to do all we can to obey the laws. We're going to do all we can to uphold the Constitution of the United States. We have the privilege of living in the most wonderful country in the world. At least we used to. But we're not going to turn to darkness. We're going to walk straight ahead. And if that straight ahead is the lion's den then we will walk into the lion's den. Oh, my brother, my sister, don't be disrespectful to the God of heaven in your pride. Don't dishonor Jesus Christ. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God's. Well, I didn't intend to go into all of this today, but my brother, my sister, I'm not going to back away. I'm going to honor the name of Jesus with a kind and loving heart, but I'm going to to honor the name of Jesus. Whatever that costs, put me on record. I'm a servant of the Most High God. He is the one I love and cherish and respect.
Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to thank especially a family from Gaithersburg who honored the Lord with a wonderful offering so that we can continue and pay the radio bill. None of this goes to me. It all goes into the work of the gospel. Thank you. Thank you. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, I am right now in the lion's den. I'm waiting on deliverance from Jesus. I did fall and break my hip, and I'm not able to walk. I haven't been out of the house for now five months. And I've had to make the decision, will I serve the living God of heaven? Will I believe his promises? Yes, I will. We each have to face the lion's den that we face. And all I can tell you is no matter what, God is going to bring us deliverance. Lord God, I pray today for those brothers and sisters who are in agony of the, of the brokenness of their flesh or the brokenness of their marriage or the brokenness of their job. I pray, Lord, that today you will comfort those who are in the lion's den, that you will help us to not be arrogant or proud that you would humble our hearts to not become cynical, but to endure and wait for your deliverance, for surely your deliverance will come. Lord, take all pride from our hearts. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray you've profited by today's broadcast and I I pray that God will lift you up and encourage your heart God bless you this is Pastor Ray Greenley National Prayer Chapel I'll talk to you soon to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of Glory.